It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Saturday Friends Club. I've got a listing of uh, mottos this time we're going to workshop. Uh, finally, I, finally, it's happening. Yes. Uh, what What happened while I was gone? Um, <laughs> I'm Josh. Uh, over there's Eric. I'm here. Mags is here. Hi. Uh, so let's see. What do you feel about this? Nostalgia talk on your weekend clock. No. Okay. Uh, what's old is news. Definitely not. Okay. No, not, no. Destroying fond mo- memories since 2017. Shh. Uh-huh. Getting warmer. Yeah. Drop the zero and get with the hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just go ahead and use vanilla ice as a uh, thing. Uh, yes, everyone, welcome back to the Saturday Friends Club. We are here. It is another Saturday. It's a beautiful Saturday, actually. It got, it got warm here really fast. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it, it was like in the 50s this week and like super windy and like. Right now in beautiful Hayward, California, it's like sunny in 75. So it's a pretty good time. Uh, so uh, as said, Martin and Sabrina are out for the day, but we do have a special guest. And I'm <gasps> super stoked for this one uh, because um, this has been a guest that I've been wanting to get on for a while because I was like, let's let's try it. Let's try and swing up above our belt a little bit, you know. <laughs> so which of his dark secrets did you find out? <laughs> I uh, not too many yet, but you know, I, I don't know if it was one of those things where he was just too nice to say no. Um, oh, so you're definitely saying definitely 100% not blackmail. <laughs> no, okay, all right, all right. All right. Uh, we have a friend uh, Grant with us, uh, all the way from sunny California, you know, the other side of California, the other end, yes, the, the bottom part. Uh, Grant, uh, could you go ahead and give us a little explanation of uh, your background? Sure. Uh, my name is Grant Bachoco. Um, I do a lot of things, um, but my main career right now is I'm a puppeteer. Uh, I was one of the lead puppeteers on the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000, where I was lead puppeteer on Crow. Uh, I also played M. Waverly, the ill-fated M. Waverly, if you watch the whole season, who came in for <laughs> one little thing and was promptly uh, beaten up. Um, but I, I've done other puppet things. I work with the Jim Henson Company regularly. I... Um, uh, I in the the wet hot American summer ten years later that just aired on Netflix I was the can of vegetables I was the puppeteer for that and um, I was actually just kind of up in just days ago up in your area because I was up in Milpitas filming a um, PSA for clean water for Alameda County oh you were um, and his little all. puppet PSA yeah. Yeah. Wow, very cool. Yeah, we actually also saw you live when you came and did the Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, Watch Out for Snakes tour. We were in the uh, audience when you came to San Francisco. Yes, in my lovely form-fitting bonehead costume that uh, <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to wear anymore. <laughs> so, yes, Grant, uh, we are super happy to have you here. I, uh, You know, two of us in the room are enormous MST3K fans. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just great to have somebody part of that uh, that took part in that in the reemergence of that series on so thank you so much for coming on oh it's my pleasure and i am i am just as big a mystery science theater fan as anybody else i mean i grew i grew up in burlingame california and uh was watching uh mystery science theater i i, I felt it was kind of before the internet and i felt like what? nobody else is watching this amazing show and i had i'd tell it to friends and they'd be like what are you talking about? I've never seen this show. And then I'd be like, no, it's the guys talking in the movie. And they're like, whatever, shut up. Um, so uh, thank goodness we now have the internet. We can all talk about how much we love it. I know. I, I judge good friends by how many quotes from the uh, movie I can actually get them to repeat. <laughs> yeah, on this podcast, uh, our kind of eternal, like the, the fine vintage that we've been saving forever is the is the, uh, the Mr. Science Theater movie. That's yeah. A, oh, that's yeah. Such it's such been a good an anniversary one. edition or something. Oh, yeah. 
It's just one of those that just like we we that isn't that is a three hour episode because we will merely say every joke like four times. Yeah, we'll just redo the whole movie. It'll be like a big copyright issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll it'll be a replay of the movie, but with all of us actually doing the jokes over the jokes that are currently being said. Right, it's very meta. I think it's in the spirit of the show. Yes. Uh, but Grant, so uh, once again, thank you for coming on, and you have been so nice to actually elect up a uh, a episode topic for us. Yes, uh, when I was a kid, I have very fond memories of uh, certain TV shows, uh, and when you asked me, I actually had two I went back and forth between, because um, probably my second favorite show of all time as a kid was The Greatest American Hero, uh, which I just thought was an amazing show, and it's being rebooted, apparently, um, as all things are. And uh, but the one I landed on is probably the one that um, <laughs> that means the most to me, and that is the A Team. I love the A Team. And this was uh, as I'm, I'm just gonna say, as someone who had never seen it before, this is a humdinger. It was not at all <laughs> like I expected, honestly. <laughs> honestly, like in this era of like post-steroidal male, male beauty, uh, like <laughs> watching something like this was like, oh, th- these people actually like like each other, and like it's super goofy and well, it's like pre Grimdark. They like each other on the set. Oh no! <laughs> oh, sad, sad news. Uh, yeah, I can I can get into that a little bit. But Grant, yeah, uh, just uh, give us a little background. Like, what was your experience? Uh, I, I assume this was something you watched growing up. Yes, um, man. I, I I know I know for a fact that um, I loved it so much that in fourth grade, my Halloween costume was Howling Mad Murdoch because <laughs> I loved Murdoch. He was my favorite character. He was funny. Uh, he was goofy. I was never into, you know, I think Mr. T was the big draw of the show um, for a lot of people. But for me, it was Helen Mad Murdoch because I just thought he was so hilarious. Um, and there was that whole run of episodes where he's talking to a golf ball, uh, I think is one of the later seasons. But I, I just thought he was absolutely fantastic. And I, I have fond memories of my dad and I sitting down and watching it. So it's something that I watched with my dad every week when it was on. And um yeah, I you know I as I said uh, I've Murdoch was my favorite. I think the only cast member I've ever met at a convention was I met um, Dirk Benedict, and uh, got to tell him how how amazing I thought the A team was and how we uh, you know it was a great bonding experience with my dad. And um, I have not met Dwight Schultz, although I hear uh, he's he's a little bit um, he's he's very very conservative almost to a. Not scary, but he's very conservative. We'll yeah. say that. He definitely went through the talk show circuit, which uh, oh after researching him. Yeah. 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 Um, so, but I loved his character on the show. Yeah. Uh, had any of us uh, seen it before? No, I had not. I had, I had basically zero reference other than like, I, you know, I knew the jokes about the A team, but I'd never seen it before. And I was pretty, I was pretty blown away by every, like this show and like, whoa, okay, here, this is what we're doing now. All right. <laughs> no, I knew the van, and that Mr. T wanted you the, to stay in school. The vans, I, I will assume, over the course of this show. Oh, I'm sure. How many, how many armored vans with like a machine gun stapled to them are there in this series? <laughs> well, there's the classic black van with the red stripe. Yes. Like, that yeah, that's is, the one I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, essentially, yeah, same thing with me. This is one of those things that I never watched because I was just like that one that one generational step removed. But, you know, it's like, what things do I know? There was a van and Mr. T, and that is, I guess they do things. like. Yeah, so. no, I mean, like, I watched a lot of sort of, like, army stuff with my dad, who's, like, who was, who was a retired soldier. 
but like he always wanted the more grimdark, realistic stuff. So he never really watched all of this goofy, beautiful cheese. One hundred percent grade A American cheese. Just yeah, just a show about a bunch, a bunch of beautiful men fighting bad guys. <laughs> it's in a, in a like in a Scooby Doo esque universe. God, it's beautiful. Like I. I was telling my physical therapist, or like one of the guys at the physical therapy office, that I was watching that for this weekend, and he's like, "Why would you subject yourself to the A team?" And I was like, "Oh no, what have I gotten myself in for?" And now I'm gonna be like, "Dude, what? Are you smack talking? Like, <laughs> yeah, like what is your problem, Luke?" Just gonna ba him. You're just gonna do one of those like <laughs> soft punches, but they react real hard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I think it's it's such a great. What I like about the series is. You know, I don't think it was obviously a show for kids, but it's a show that kids could watch because even a car could do a 360 and burst into flames and the guy still crawls out of it. You know, he's he's all right. Um, and no one, you know, there was never any serious threat of anyone dying on it. So, yeah, for like uh, a badass team of elite operatives under like hunted by the government. Um, they're, they're sure like out there making a lot of noise and nobody's getting seriously hurt. Like, I'm not sure that I saw more than a bandage on anybody. Yeah, they're like firing machine guns with, like wildly in the streets. And it, it's like it's like it's like a live action G.I. Joe, basically. And yeah. Yeah. And then I think about it right now. A lot of what we've seen in this is exactly what they were parroting in Last Action Hero. Yes. Because a lot of just the and the car ramps into the sky and just explodes for no reason. It just, it just exploded now. So, yeah, I was. um one of the episodes, uh, uh, which oh, it's the 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 body slam episode with the Hulk, with Hulk Hogan. Um, God, what a beautiful thing! <laughs> when it's just like the the government guys pull up and they start shooting at the car, and then all of a sudden, like unexplicably, the hood pops up on the car. <laughs> it's just you know, it's just, well, we got to make it look like it's getting shot. Oh, sure, the hood would pop up, the tires all go flat. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's very comical and it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I'm gonna have a lot to say about that episode. Yeah, well, have. A- <laughs> How about we go ahead it's, and get into it? You want to want to get into it, Max? Let let's let's get into it, Hulksters. Er, Eric, you want to get into it? Brother, I've been in it since the beginning. All right, <laughs> Grant. How about we get into it? Sounds good. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. It's time for us to start with the A Team. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. such a classic intro it's such a good theme i would just like to like real quick uh could you as our our southern california so southern californian online uh could you tell if the if, if the la underground is still this sort of gritty <laughs> are there a lot of mercenaries hanging around there yeah i, I can't w- talk about it but uh <laughs> you know you can uh he has to protect if you, need, his if you life. need some stuff you can get some stuff if you need uh <laughs> four heavily uh, heavily armed giant men yes <laughs> Although now it's it's not they're not Vietnam vets anymore they're uh, what Desert Storm or or later uh, vets because we got to move everything up right yes and that's actually a good que- uh, a good question because uh, that was one thing that I had not filled in on this was the fact that there is a movie that was released a few years ago and now I'm very curious how that held up 
I, I did not see it in theaters, but I, I got the DVD and I enjoyed it. I was, I was bracing for the worst. Um, and I, I mean, it's not like I've only seen it the one time, but mm-hmm. it was not like, uh, it was like, oh, this is horrible. It was like, oh, okay. All right. This is, this is good. And they, they did a lot of fun, uh, cameos of the, the other guys who were, you know, uh, uh Dirk Benedict and Dwight Schultz are, are both in it. I don't know. If, I don't know if Mr. T's in it. I forget, but, uh, they have like fun little cameos in there. Like, I think if I'm remembering correctly that Dwight Schultz is, uh, plays like the, the lead doctor at the psych ward or something like that. So it's a funny little <laughs> That's a good thing. One. Yeah. Um, but it was, it wasn't bad. Uh, and my dad and I watched it and, and we enjoyed it. All right. Fantastic. Well, let's get into the, uh, the original, the OG a team. The a team is an American action television series that ran on NBC from 1983 to 87, about former members of a fictitious United States army military forces unit. The members, after being court-martialed for a crime they did not commit, escaped from military prison and, while still on the run, work as soldiers of fortune. The series was created by Stephen J. Cannell and Frank Lupo. A uh, feature film was based uh, on with 20th Century Fox in 2010. Uh, we have three episodes that we covered. The pilot, which was a two-parter. Uh, Body Slam, which was the one that we had with uh, uh, you know Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. And uh, one episode, which was the the tr- a choice of mine, just because it seemed like such a perfect little slice of '80s, just key lime pie, uh, with Cowboy George featuring Boy George. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and start. Uh, let's go ahead and start in with the pilot. Um, and this is so. This one's a two parter. So you're looking at about an hour and a half more or less with this one. Um, a really good setup to the characters and everything. Um, so how do we want to go ahead and break this down? You ju- do we just want to? We've got a guy that's out in the Mexican, uh, that's out in Mexico, trying to track down the details of a Mexican drug cartel, more or less, or these yeah, the, like this this like investigative journalist who's gone in deep to try to investigate. The, I guess this yeah the cartel trying to take over the small town. I want to say I, I think uh, right off the top, I think uh, a team and Roadhouse take place in the same universe. Because <laughs> they they share a similar kind of ethos about like old older gentlemen with henchmen like taking over things. That seems to be a, that seems to be a big plot line throughout. Like real estate is a big thing in the eighties. Yes, <laughs> real estate, real estate with gold. Uh, you know, real estate with drugs. Like the eighties were like hardcore in their themes. They just didn't leave. Every every old bad guy has the same like five jeeps. I'm sure they use in every episode. <laughs> And they have to get them repaired a lot because they're always flipping over or bursting <laughs> yeah. in flames. Uh, we'll see. Let's, uh, how about this? How about we start with talking about our four lead characters? So we have uh, Colonel John Hannibal Smith, who is uh, pretty much the leader of the squad. Um, eccentric in the fact that he does a lot of like dressing up and changing into different costumes. Um, sets the plans, even though the plans tend to be very loose for the most part. <laughs> I, yeah, he's, I mean, he's like the group leader, but also like he has that kind of like, he's, he's even, even in this show, he, I think he looks like a fairly older gentleman and he's going around doing all this action stuff. So it's very, very much reminded me of like a Roger Moore era, James Bond. Like, shouldn't he, she don't think he should be doing this at the, his age. The A team reminds me of like the best worst D and D group. Yeah. I, I, that's actually, <laughs> I wanted to talk about that actually because I've, I've, uh, because I, people have told me that like the A team. Not for not for something like fantasy, but like the A team is like the archetypal 
like you know i could run a spike spycraft yes. game with this yeah or like or oh, I've, God. I've, I've heard people play they want to play shadow run and they want to play like like that but the a team yeah see like every time somebody said that to me I, like because i hadn't seen it before and i thought it was just sort of like like <laughs> this super like me you know and like i was like i'm not super not interested in that but now that i've watched them i'm like yes more cheese please <laughs> So you're looking at like, you know, BA is like the tank fighter. You're looking at the bard is probably going to be, uh, you know. Um, well, I think the, I think the I term think Murdoch, your, your Murdoch, party's yeah. face is from this is is from this show. Yeah, more or less. So. Yeah. So, yeah, they have, like they, they, we have all the bases covered. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, back so up. Wait, hold on a second. What class is Mr. T then? Uh, barbarian. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes around punching people. I mean, that's fair. Did I, you see how he reacted with Hulk? They just butt heads and growl at oh, each other. Let's, let's get. I want to. I'm so ready for that. Talk about that episode and, because. And ooh. technically, if we're talking about what race he is, Mr. T did do a line of World of Warcraft commercials in which he stated that he was a night elf mohawk. It's true. So. He Gross. has he has established the his own canon of type of fantasy character he would be. I wonder if anybody's actually made that. I will look it up as soon as it's, it's over. There are images of him as a night elf or his night elf character. So, um, all right. So moving on, we have uh, Lieutenant Templeton, the Face Man Peck, aka Face, uh, who is pretty much the smooth talker and has like two hundred charisma, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the best hair in Hollywood. He does have. I'm very envious it's, of his it's hair. It's always very well like quaffed. It's always very big. Sometimes it looks kind of like a shovel, but you know. And that's a trait they carried over too, because in the in the pilot episodes, it's played by a different actor than Dirk Benedict. Who it, this guy Tim Dunnigan only did one episode. He did the pilot, and then uh, I guess he went on to do Captain Power. That's what his thing after that was. Was he was Captain Power, but. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he's only in the pilot episode, and then he's replaced by Dirk Benedict, and no one, everyone's like, oh, yeah, hey, Face, how are you? No one, he's, wow, he's really good at disguises. He's a whole different guy. Uh, the actual reason was, I guess, in the, after the pilot, they went like, the guy looks too young. He doesn't look like he would have been in Vietnam. Oh, I see. Oh, so, that does make sense, so, yeah. So we were like, ah, he's, just, he's, too, he's too much of a baby face. We need someone older, so they replaced him. <laughs> um, so let's see, then we go to... Uh, let's go ahead and, and wait on that one. So, as we said, Captain H.M. Howling Mad Murdoch, who is our... Malkavian. <laughs> our Ma- played, what, played, We're just going to pick all across the spectrum now, played, are but we? But tell me that I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Played by, like, Reginald Barkley from Next Generation <laughs> and, and like, uh, Voyager, I guess. Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh. Everyone, uh, everyone's favorite, like, everyone's favorite, like, uh, nerd who can't get a date in Star Trek. Yeah. So, he's our, he's our crazy pilot... Also does some zany acting from time to time. He, he also really, like, I was kind of creeped out by him in this show because he looks a lot like Ted Levine in Silence of the Lambs. You like, know, I didn't make that connection. <laughs> I, like, I find him kind of fond, and I think it's kind of, like, I don't know, like, again, like, post 9 11 like, I know that I'm going to bring this up a lot, and I'm really sorry. This <laughs> Whoa, is the horse that I'm, yeah, well, like, we have this, like, post 9 11, like, grim, dark, super gritty, like, and so, like, somebody with mental illness is going to be like, angsty and distraught and like here it's like well that's just how he is and we're just friends with him and so we deal with it and i'm like dude that's such a healthy outlook like i did not think i was gonna get like good life lessons from the a-team and here we are i'm, I'm glad we're like 15 minutes in this episode and already we're talking about the events of september 11th <laughs> <laughs> this is a new record for this show i think eric we never forget yeah <laughs> 
and then finally we have, and uh, I always had a problem trying to figure out the correct way that they pronounce his ba- his last name. Sergeant Bosco B A was it uh, Bracus Baracus. 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 Yeah, it was the third option. Oh, so it's like the planet in Dune. Got it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was the real reason that they decided that. Sure, like the branding opportunities, which is you can pass it over. Yeah. The spice must flow. (laughs) Uh, Who is, you know, Mr. T. He needs no introduction. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, he he does a good job and actually has more character development than I thought he did. I mean, he he does play a lot of the like, hey, I'm looking out for kids, but you know the the beginning part in the uh, in the pilot where it's just like I don't go on planes, and then being like, oh yeah, he'll just straight up murder us if he founds up we we put him on a plane. It's like this is fun. I I like that he he is kind of he is Hulk Hogan esque in a way, and then when they bring actual Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan is like at maximum Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Drink your milk, eat your vitamins, and go to school, brother. Kids. I I. I, I well, we'll get to it. Yes. I, I yeah, just we're just all very excited about it. I'm we really think? excited. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mr. T in that same thing is just like, yeah, milk, drugs, no teeth up. Mm. <laughs> Stay in milk, go to go to drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Be a school. No. <laughs> so we, we have all the bases covered for like, you know, the greatest team of adventurers ever assembled. Right. Uh, all right. So moving on, uh, the the um, pilot, as we mentioned, uh, we have a bunch of Mexican outlaws harassing a town. We've got a, a reporter that has been you know, taken away by these outlaws to just for, I guess, researching and finding out about them. We have uh, a female reporter, Amanda, who wants to know where he is and wants to and needs to figure it out, but has to do it under the radar. Who's out? Who's dressed like like a church lady for much of this episode? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you go with what you got. She had to jump immediately from her car to join them. I guess. And the, the last time you see a woman on the A team. Yeah, I thought about. I was gonna ask that. Does she is she like a reoccurring character? But I guess not. No, she is. She oh, is. Nope. Uh, Amy was a reoccurring character. I mean, she wasn't in um, every single episode, but and um, and then I think I think they had another woman too, and I'm uh, blanking on her name, but because uh, Amy Allen even got her own action figure when they made action figures, <laughs> so she was in it enough to get an action figure. That's cool. And I think it came with a. Um, she came with because she was a reporter, but it came with like a TV camera or something. I don't know, something like that. But um, they made these really funky action figures at the time. So she's kind of like the the April for uh, the TV Ninja Turtles, like also a reporter. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't feel too bad about getting her name wrong because it was Amy Amanda Allen called nickname Triple A. So. Uh, so yeah, and she was on again, off again. Um, but you know, if you saw the promotional materials, it was primarily the the four guys, right? <laughs> it yeah. is funny you mentioned Grant. You mentioned your dad. Like this does feel like a very dad kind of show. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's um, you know, he was the he was one watching. You know, I mentioned Greatest American Hero. He was the one watching Greatest American Hero with me too. It was, it was, and it as I said, I think it's, it's kind of a safe thing for kids to watch because even though there's guns and violence, everybody. Nobody gets seriously hurt. The bad guys always get in trouble at the end, um, you know. Uh, so it's uh, and and Mr. T's in it, who's appealing to kids. So I think, um, yeah, we had a, a lot of fun time watching the A Team together. So let's see, we have uh, Amy finally meets up and has to and passes the exam to meet the A Team, which is one to be nice to to. Um, 
to be nice to Hannibal as he's dressed up as a homeless person, and then to be nice to him again when he's dressed up in a very bad Asian outfit. When he's well, she needs she needs to uh, to listen to him when he's dressed in this like very this very like racist outfit. Like, the, what I need you to do is not challenge me. Yes, <laughs> that's the role I like my women to have. And I guess uh, throughout the series, they mention the fact that he has like dressed up as Mr. Lee a few times, but never used that outfit again. Probably, probably <laughs> smart, yeah. Um, but yes, uh, she uh, pretty much is like they agree. They like okay, you need to pay us what was like one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. They pretty yeah, much pick inflation. her up, and she's like, "Oh, actually, I don't have the money because I wasn't expecting you to." pick me up so quick and go off on this adventure. And they're like, oh, well, damn, okay, I guess we'll just go ahead and do it anyway. But we have to go pick up our friend Howling Mad Murdoch from the ward, which begins a like cr- the first of many schemes that involve them impersonating different people to, like, <laughs> which is their primary thing. The number one thing that happens in the show, beyond, like, all the explosions and the gunfights and stuff, is just, like, walking into a place and going, we're now this person, you have to believe us, and everybody going, okay, do it. That's plausible. The party face just, like, bulldozes people with his charisma. He plays any character he wants. No, it's good, because, like, I like shows that, you know, where, like, you have the setup where, like, they're, again, like, they're mercenaries, right? You know, like, you know that they can handle guns, but they don't solve all their problems that way. Like, not every show is a firefight for 45 minutes. It's beautiful. There is a firefight. But. There is like there are firefights, but like there are some shows where that's like all they do, you know. Like I like that they have like I wouldn't say creative problem solving because it's always like we're gonna pretend to be someone else. We're gonna be three kids in a trench coat trying to get through an R-rated movie. But like, at least listen, it's... I like BoJack Horseman. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they they, they yeah they do, they take a variety of approaches and it's usually in service of of some sort of gag or set piece. Yeah, which so, I'm 100 percent behind. Yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah. Uh, and I, w- I would just like to mention in the um, in the pilot, one of my favorite things about the pilot episode is I'm a, I'm a huge theme park fan, and um, all the shots of where where you first meet Hannibal are, are all like the back lot of Universal Studios, and you can just see like like I think he's in the Jaws Lagoon when he comes up like that body of water where uh, he comes up wearing the the ridiculous uh, Godzilla type you know uh, lake monster uh, thing. And um, and then just the whole race. I mean, they're racing through all the backlot of Universal Studios, and I, I just love it. I love seeing like, oh, you could drive past that place today and see what that's like. Somewhere, Michael Eisner's just shaking his fist. We could have gotten that. <laughs> um, so let's see. They they go out. They eventually get their way to Mexico with Murdoch. Uh, they have to sedate uh, B A because, as stated, he doesn't go on planes, especially not when Murdoch's going to be flying. Um, and then they find their way to Mexico, change his watch. So he's going like, how did I sleep? Like 26 <laughs> hours. <laughs> so, that's, that's not okay. It's not, but it's a good gag. It, it is funny, but it's also gaslighting. <laughs> yeah, don't want to be gaslighting Mr. T. <laughs> no, man, he pity finds the, out he's going to fuck you up. Pity the, pity the fool gaslights Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a log line for this episode. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just make that into a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just have to get, you know, his sign off for it. Uh, so then we have some setup going out into, we have to find where he is. So we have a fight scene in a bar uh, that goes 
against the A-team, which is one of the interesting things, the fact that they don't win every fight they put themselves into. Well, and they've got like a, they've got like a, uh, a kind of Central American Andre the Giant to fight, to fight him. Mm-hmm. Similarly, like triangular man wearing no shirt, but like still slacks with a belt. <laughs> and just, yeah. Slacks with a belt and no shirt is like an 80s classic look. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And true. one of the primary... P- parts of the fight scene is that nobody ever gets bloodied. Nobody ever actually gets hurt. Like things get broken constantly, but like any punch is more or less one of these things that knocks somebody out and they're just like, Oh, so the fights are good. Uh, (laughs) So then they find out where the reporter is. They go out to the town. They give kind of a rallying like, Hey, you guys should. Mr. Mr. T gives a speech. Oh, we shouldn't we shouldn't miss the part that they are doing a con with the Mexican like tourist board where <laughs> they're essentially going to be like, we're doing a movie. Come on. We need all this stuff for a movie. I need metal plating. I need you need a hundred and five need... millimeter recoilless <laughs> rifle. <Yeah. laughs> I need all these things. Oh, God, you don't have them for me. Oh, Hollywood's going to be so pissed. <laughs> the poor guy's just like, I'll get I can't get you these things that I just found out about. I am. I'm glad that the Mexican Board of Tourism can, if pushed, can provide you with an anti-tank weapon. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just that kind of hospitality. Yeah, yeah. you know. That's, that's, that's how they do. That's, yeah, that's that, that kind of famous Mexico hospitality. <laughs> oh, you need you need an assault rifle. Okay, give us four hours. Um. So then they go to the town. They find out like, okay, it's this guy. Uh, then they get some more supplies. They decide to pour ammonia, ammonia on the crops. Oh, that, that whole sequence was, was insane. I like that. Yeah, they're like, we'll just mount this fifty cal. We'll, we'll just mount this Browning on this like biplane, and then he's like, "Well, oh, you can shoot the propeller," and they just pull out like a bike chain. He's like, "I'll just like you know make a synchronization gear out of this." I'm like, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> Went to I the think- MacGyver school of education. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty like. Pretty sure that like I don't I don't think I don't think that fires from an open bolt, <laughs> but it was it was a funny sequence for them to be like flying around and like it's suddenly like this uh, it was it was goofy it was funny to watch it's beautiful cheese it was yeah it was delicious ham and cheese sandwich so let's see just moving forward a little bit we have uh, them you know as we said they've rallied up the the people but they're kind of like uh but we're still scared because we don't have guns and you know all the the crazy military stuff these guys have so let's see they go out uh, they finally do an ambush the next time these guys come in because the marijuana crops were destroyed right so they go and they go out and they finally chase them out of town only to find out they have their own militia. And promptly capture the A team, <laughs> and that we we get the classic like Rambo style like bad guys you know prison camp out in the jungle and they escape using subterfuge. Yes, and then they just grab grenades, and then we have the first of like one of many car chases in which just cars are flipping and exploding left and right. Uh, they finally get to a particular like mire and. All of a sudden, all of the townspeople come out and help and surround the group and the two guys in charge try and get away on a plane, but they're stopped and everybody is happy. Well, yeah, let's just say that the A-team has also, they've also uh, covered a school bus in armored plates and like fabricated a turret and are like blowing stuff up with it. And it was ridiculous. I do like Mr. T's like, 
hunched forward, looking through the little like vision slit, like driving real like real head forward. That was amusing. That was it was it was a good episode. It was a really good episode. But I would say probably not as good as an episode as Body Slam. Ugh. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Grant, you well, were you a wrestling I wanna, fan? Before, I am a wrestling fan, but I just want to say about the pilot episode. Oh, go for they it. just did a they just did a great job of setting up how every episode was going to work. Even though this was two episodes, um, it was just like here's the formula. <laughs> There's going to be a problem. Uh, Hannibal's going to be in some wacky disguise at the beginning where they meet the, the person who has the problem. Uh, they have to go get Murdoch. They got to break him out. They got to fly sometime and they got to knock BA out. And then, uh, there's always a montage of them rigging the van or rigging whatever. Um, and it just must've been such a great <laughs> show to write on because you just knew like, okay, I got to have this, 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 and this. And that's basically half your script is already written already. They found, yeah, they found their formula pretty quick, I think. And it's the, the pilot is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a template for the rest of the show. Yeah. And it worked. It, I mean, man, it went so many seasons. So yeah. Man, but yeah, so the pilot, like, I think sets it up. And then we get to body slam in which all bets are off. Could you say yes, that and- it was a pro cheese girl? I was going to say no holds were barred for this episode. Oh, nice one. That's good. <laughs> um, in which, oh, there's so many things in the episode that I, I really want to talk about. So in this episode, uh, as you would expect, B.A. is friends with Hulk Hogan. Of course he is. You know. Well, because Hulk Hogan and B.A. are both like beautiful, shining examples of humanity. And why would they not oh, be yeah, friends? I, there are so many shots of them just like walking side by side, wearing like the most insane outfits you could ever cobble together. God, yes. And it was like, yeah, this is everything I ever wanted in a TV show. Man, late 80s, early 90s wrestling was just a beautiful, beautiful. Uh, man. My brother and I were both Hulkamaniacs. We even had like the, the cassette, the album. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's the stuff. I'm uh, Hulk Hogan is a is is an interesting individual, and I'm I'm very surprised he did not sick the A team on Gawker uh, a couple of years back. <laughs> <laughs> I, unless unless that's what actually that's how it like came out was like Peter Thiel like, hired the A team. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be too surprising. That would, yeah, that's no, like, but I feel like Peter Thiel is the kind of figure the A team would be like oh, rooting totally. against. He's he is actually like an A team bad guy. Really. Oh yeah, no, no, like Peter Thiel is like a yeah, like a villain, like a literal. Well, I mean, but like you were saying, this in this post nine eleven world, everything's <laughs> up and down, and the A team like there's an evil A team now. Man, our, our new like internet based A team is going to be very interesting. Uh, Kekistani. Uh. Uh. No, the like. Is, so Hulk Hogan, I I, I want to say at the top, I have seen the Hulk Hogan movie No Holds Barred, and it is magical. But um, this episode basically has the same plot as that movie, and there's a runner like I think it's in Hulk Hogan's contract this time. It's like every every show or TV thing that I'm on, I gotta have, talk about a charity with the kids that I'm gonna be very, and I'm gonna mention it in every scene, and there's gonna be a, a woman who will fawn over it with me, and that has to be in everything I do. So but yeah, so that that movie has him like. He's he's super into his like kids charity and this show there's also a kids charity like he's he's apparently the most famous man in the world and he's like his biggest concern is this like boys club pool I know but that's such a, that's such a Hulk Hogan thing and it's that like one hundred percent Hulk Hogan thing it's uh it's, it's it's amazing and yeah Hulk Hogan is a this is a strange strange man and his hair is even stranger. Uh, so it's like a reverse tonsure. <laughs> I, as it's been said on other podcasts, he has like he has like fine doll's hair. 
he does. He does. It's just kind of wispy, and it's just kind of hanging back there. And uh, yeah, it's it's not a good look. Mm-mm. So uh, what we have is at the very beginning, we have a wrestling match uh, between <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan and another wrestler. Um, and I I don't know. I've, I've never actually been to like one of the large arena matches like back in the day. But I don't know if the actual like announcers actually did like a full on play by play the whole time or if it really because I went to like smaller matches where it was just like you sit and you watch the wrestlers not, you know, like, oh, and Hulk Hogan's got the thing. Just, uh, oh, look at well, that. He's got they, smacked they, in the face. And oh. they got Mean Gene in this show, too. Oh, they got, Mean Gene's the best. Well, it's like, I also want to say that I, just to add to the A-Team mythology, in the A-Team universe, wrestling is real. Oh, of course wrestling's real. <laughs> I don't, you, I, you, you seem to be implying something uh, I don't know going what, over yeah. my head. I don't know what I was saying. Um, yeah, they, they, full, full on kayfabe in the A-Team. Uh, that, was, that, was a, that was a funny wrinkle. That and, like, I don't know. This kind of press wrestling gets. Uh, it was filmed very poorly in this shot. Like, there's like no music, and so it like it's it's weird. Well, you can also tell that the announcer is done in post. Yes, because he is still talking while the screen stops. So it's just like, oh, Hulk Hogan's gonna get you know taken down. It's like nothing. Is nothing a, is happening right now. Why is now. there a freeze frame? <laughs> <laughs> the fight's still going. So, um, so yeah, which leads me to think that it's all like back in the day was something where you know it was just like. You watched wrestling and you just went like, hmm, I appreciate the art form of these large men. Well, <laughs> just large, yeah, just large, like big boys on stage. Um, I like the idea also that the A-team are like, you know, the world's most elite commandos, but they're just total rednecks. They love professional wrestling. God, they're super into it and I'm happy about them. I it want was, them to be happy. It was, yes, it was, it was funny at the same time. Like, I, I like this. This is kind of, this is like, this is very 80s. Oh, Mad Dog was so happy. God. <laughs> You, you yeah, and the, the other funny thing is they're wanted by the government. They're sitting ringside. They're just totally cheering on a right. televised yeah. wrestling match. They're just like in a they whole care. seats. Yeah. Well, military police, they never watch professional wrestling, so they're fine. Yeah, BA is just pretty much just right there on in the middle of the stage holding up the belt. Like, imagine just like a WWF event, and all of a sudden Edward Snowden just goes and like, yes. wanders around <laughs> with the belt. Or who is the, who is the jinx killer, Fred? Durst? Is that him? Yeah, Fred Durst. Yeah, he's just, yeah. Fred Durst. <laughs> he's just, whatever. He's just rolling, rolling, rolling right up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So this episode, this I, I, I've only seen three episodes now, but I think this one might have the most ridiculous plot, honestly. I don't know. I love the Boy George one so much. <laughs> Boy George one's really weird. Oh, God. I like. I uh, went, and like when we were watching this, I only picked out the episodes that we are going to watch, but I'm going to go back and watch more A-Team. So uh, the Hulk Hogan one, Hulk Hogan, there's a boys club that he's a super big fan of. It's having some problems, but he's doing a charity, brother. Yeah, he's the uh, richest man in the universe. And like, he's like, he could just give them the money to pay off their debts. It's it's weird. But that wouldn't teach them anything, I'm sure. Also, he like breaks doors and throws guys through windows. That's just going to cost them more. <laughs> I, I, do. I didn't even think of that. I no do. wonder he has to do a fundraiser. Like his defenestration costs must be through the roof. Yeah. I think it's twice in this episode, like, the A-team greeting is just to walk into a place and punch the first two people you see. I, I, I really, I laughed really hard when, like, like the bad guys are harassing uh, the one running the pool, and they, like, they pan over, and there's a Hulk poster on the door, and then he, like, busts through the door. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was really good. I like. Oh, that. it was really good. They did some really excellent staging on this one, just, like, oof. I also I also want to appreciate that I like the like our defenestration budget is huge like 
through. I said through the roof. Through the roof. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> I wanted to make a sort of pun, pun there. That was good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one thing we should know, we should note that we uh, glossed over in the last episode and does show up in this episode as well is that they are being chased by uh, military per- police. Yes, they're still technically wanted, but. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that pretty much just results in like five minutes of hijinks and then they get back to the primary plot. Right. Five minutes of hijinks, a short car chase, and then back to plot. Like, I'm sure that, like, uh, like I'm sure that the writer's room had to be like regularly reminded, like, oh, yeah, they're on the run, guys. Oh, okay. Great. So we can like ride them out of this like plot hole that we're in. Like, we can just, aha. And then the government chases them and like, aha. Now yeah. we've solved the problem. This move, this, again, this episode basically has the same plot as, um, as the Hulk Hogan movie, which was made by, right about the same time, I think, too, makes extra weird. But in this one, it's like it's like Sicilian mafia guys, and they want the gold, which is buried underneath this like kids' municipal pool. <laughs> like, uh, so I uh, love when you could just write this kind of plot line in a, and it was like put in a TV show. Yeah, and a big TV show. Yes, yeah, and, and it was a big one. And you've essentially summed it up. There is gold that is hidden in this place that's the reason why the sicilians want it uh they pretty much the face steals an fbi badge and because of that the fbi is now involved which means that they get caught for a period of time but murdoch finds a way to get them out because he does they're disguised as fbi agents and hannibal looks like an fbi agent from like the 20s <laughs> all right see we gotta go get capone in his yeah band. exactly it's, yeah he's like he's like a he, he's dressed like a young Jagger hoover uh so <clears throat> yeah and then at the very end it is essentially like oh okay they're still digging up the center because the fbi is looking for the gold but all right the center's still gonna be there awesome the sicilians were captured neat and now there's just gold there. Yeah, yeah and they would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for this meddling A-team guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these mercs. Those meddling mercs. Okay, yeah, all right. So all was right. it? So was this your favorite episode, Grant? I mean, just... Yeah, the, well, I, the... certainly at the time, because I was such a big wrestling fan, and, um, you know, I loved seeing, uh, you know, Mean Gene is in it. You know, it was like, oh, Hulk Hogan's going to be on it. But then it's like, oh, wait, Mean Gene's in it, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's in one part of it. and <laughs> The British you know, Bulldogs, seeing, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, seeing all these other, you know, like uh, picking at, so enjoying it on a deeper level than just the casual A-team viewer, <laughs> because I was also a wrestling fan. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, definitely it's one, you know, when when we, you and I started talking about me coming on the show, and I was thinking about the A-team, I was like, oh, well, definitely the Hulk Hogan episode, <laughs> mm-hmm. because, um, and I think he, if I'm remembering correctly, he might have been on one other time, too. He was. yeah. Um, but this was the big one, and this was this was the best one. Yeah, the other episode where they where they need to steal the sex tape before it gets posted online. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, the final episode that we have in listening. Ooh, did anybody ooh, have ooh. something else to uh, no, say? No, I, all just, right. I missed the days where we think of Hulk Hogan as like a stand-up person. Yeah. <laughs> not, oh no, he's like a weird creepo. Oh great, person. a sleaze ball. Oh, uh, but this episode, that episode was like, thank you for making us watch this because it was magical. Yes. <laughs> so now for our slice of 80s, just like nostalgia. Oh boy. Let's listen for you about a band called the Culture Club <laughs> that was around in the 80s. Uh, because we have Cowboy George, a episode that essentially could be summed up as Face has a mix up, gets a famous star, but that star don't sing cowboy music. We're, we're going <laughs> to. And lots of, and lots of like implied violence against this like androgynous young man. That wasn't as bad as I was afraid it was going to be, yeah. actually. He takes it really well. 
Yeah, and like they don't this like is, it is subtle and this like isn't, this isn't my usual crowd. Right. Yeah, and that's about as like on the nose as they get about it. And like the cowboys aren't like, look at that slur. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of things they could have said. It was that era. Uh, and I don't want to be like giving them a pass, but like for something for a piece of media made for this audience in this era, like that was fairly non-confrontational with people of like alternative well, gender yeah, like, yeah, presentations. And, they, and these like Texas cowboys are all won over by this the power of New Wave. <laughs> Is that not how you came to know New Wave? Oh yeah, yeah, no, clearly. I used to I used to also be a cowboy, and and then I and then I listened to. Blue. No, 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 they're they're not cowboys. They're oil hands. Right, but who are cowboys? <laughs> And then, but then I listened to um, Blue Monday and in person, live. It's a magical experience. Yes, yeah, exactly. You know, folks, I'm thinking about picking up the Cure's new album. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever seen, have you ever seen Fade to Gray? <laughs> uh, but yes, the uh, the overriding plot is that there are some people in town that are trying to steal that, or the, uh, eventually steal the armored car that has the money for the people working at the oil fields. And right. they try and That's get like away. another thing that wouldn't happen today. Like, all of those people would have direct deposit. Exactly. Well, it, this, this episode's weird because also it's just Face is like he's got this money-making scheme. And this, it backfires and he has to call on the A-team to bail him out. And they, like, <laughs> accidentally stumble upon a scheme in which some, like, evil cowboys who are, cl- like, again, straight out of Roadhouse. Like, Ben Gazzara could easily show up in this episode and would not look out of place. This feels like an episode for a western that was never made and they were just like yeah, we'll just update it it's like a it's like a dukes of hazard rejected script they just added right, like the in. payroll truck could have easily just as easily been a stagecoach and like nothing would have changed and I, this I, episode and i just love it yeah the, also boy george circa nine or circa 1870 would also be fine <laughs> 1870 yes that's what i meant yeah, okay. he's a man without conviction you know <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! He's a man without a place in time. And and one thing I will say about Boy George, he is having a great time. God, he's just having a yeah. Yeah, he's always just kind of smirking, and it's it's very fun. It's very noticeable. <laughs> I mean, I too, if I were like, I'm really like, hey Max, you want to come be on an E Team episode? We like you, yeah. And then the whole time I feel like, well, like well, my agent called me, and these these blokes want to be on this show called the A Team. Oh, it seems that we go off and we have uh, we have adventures and vans and things knock over. <laughs> but yeah, he. he <laughs> I think it became Ringo there. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, you left a little bit. You hit Liverpool. Sorry. Put it on me wall. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know that I'm like, 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 was Boy George like a huge A-team fan? Or like, that's what happened? Or was his like, age, like, George, boy, uh, there's like, this is exactly the crossover George, demographic that we need. George, comma, boy. <laughs> well, I think, I think also the... I mean, this is a season four episode. The Body Slam episode is a season four episode. I think there's a few other season four episodes where there's just, it's like, here's everybody who's big in the 80s. They're all going to come through this show. You know, right this way, please. You know, your turn next week. Yeah, I think they were starting to go down the like, hey, I think we're kind of losing ideas. So how about we just find out who's really hot right now? If they would have given it like a few more seasons, they would have been like, hey, Millie Vanilli, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Just George Bush Sr. (laughs) Well, what I love about uh, this episode, I mean, this is a a perfect Murdoch showcase uh, when he goes in as the DJ. Um, It's my favorite part of the episode. (laughs) Yeah, him and Face like arguing with the guy just to get him on the air. And and he goes, yeah, he's a DJ. And then Murdoch just goes into his and he's doing this thing while Face is talking. It's just I don't know. It's funny to me. It's hilarious. And then he just calms him down by singing Three Blind Mice. 
And uh, then he goes on the air and plays the Lennon sisters, which is just hilarious and just crazy and fun. Over and over and over. Just yeah. keeps playing that record. <laughs> I was yeah, I was I was shocked that I did not find like the riffing in this show like really annoying. I was actually like, this is actually pretty funny. Like it has a good like rhythm to it. Yeah, no, this was like the episode that that uh that cemented Murdoch in my heart. <laughs> He's the best. I want when I was a kid, I wanted to be a helicopter pilot. That because of Murdoch, I was like, people go, "What do you want to do when you grow up?" I want to be a helicopter pilot for like a good five years. That's what my job I wanted. Ooh, did did you ever watch Airwolf? Uh, I did, not as religiously as the A Team, but I did watch a little bit of Airwolf. Yeah, uh, I've only seen a little bit of it, but I have I have a personal vendetta against Ernest Borgnine. But, you know, that's that's for another story. As we all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and essentially, that's the end of that episode. It um, <laughs> it resolves. It's well, yeah. it, it, like we, it basically resolves itself because Boy George just trusts everybody because like he just lands in like what is it the Phoenix Airport? Like or not dry, even dry, no. dry Creek, Arizona. Like just Texacona walks out something. of this like. And he's like, yeah, you're my agent. And just, like, trust and, this guy. And listen, like, no questions about this. No, my writer this. No. It's just like, sure, whatever. And then, like, everyone just takes that level of chill and moves forward. And by the way, can we just state that Boy George's haircut is a pineapple? Yes. Yes. <laughs> he, like, no, he looks well, He looks like uh, he looks like Ernie. Kinda. I was going to say, he looks like The Weeknd. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's so... Like it's clearly an homage. I, we're also, if you like Boy George, there's just full two full boy george music videos in this episode yes and it, like and they cut back in the audience and like the audience of like oil worker cowboys they they love it they're losing their <laughs> shit it's beautiful i think i'm unlocking all sorts of feelings i haven't used like in years it's just a statement to like you know opening your heart and the power of being vulnerable i, I threw or away something my, not I, the lesson i expected to take away from the a-team i threw away my merle haggard tape and put it i'm gonna put me in some new wave here <laughs> no more conway tweety for me one wow. of the other things I love about the stupid joke, but it's just so stupid it's funny, is, is yeah, you're going to be playing at the Florum, because that's the name of the bar. And then Voyager's like, oh, I thought it was the Forum. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the Forum, it's the Florum. And it's just so stupid, but it's so funny. That's, oh, yeah. That's no. a good thesis statement for this entire show. It's like, everything is goofy and stupid, but it's, like, really entertaining and funny. Right, like, it's, it's, it's like, earnest and, like... <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, just, it's just beautiful. Oh, if Jim Varney had been on this show. Oh, that would have been no, beautiful. No, I didn't mean it like that. Oh, okay. That was the worst possible interpretation no, of what I could have on, said. No. He, he totally would fit in an episode of this, though. No, no, there's too far, and Ernest is too far. <laughs> no, exactly far enough. In an episode of Ernest Too Far. <laughs> <laughs> the A-Team crossover with Ernest, I would, I would, I would die. Ooh, I don't know. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, that's, that's stop. Pretty sweet. That's, no. <laughs> These are war crimes, Grant. We've done uh, we've done two Ernest movies before on this podcast, and they've never let, they've never forgiven me for it. I was only here for one of them, so I only have one blood debt. Well, uh, to go a little bit into the details of uh, of the A team to explain, uh, as I mentioned, they seem like a bunch of really nice people that enjoy their company, which is not the case for Mister T and Jor Papard. Um, they had arguments on the set, and even during the later uh, parts of the seasons, uh, would not speak to each other. Uh, to the point that Face had to actually, like, mediate and talk uh, and actually, like, relay messages between them both. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. That's petty. Yeah, it, it was a little bit. Uh, by the way, all the gold chains that, that Mr. T wears is between 35 to 40 pounds. Wait, what? Yes, those are actual 35 to 40. Man, that would explain his physique. <laughs> yeah, just putting it like, his morning routine. 
he buffs the the moisturizer in and then just lifts. Yeah, he's it's just, great. Like the calisthenics, it's just yeah, it's a good I, healthy lifestyle. Actually, the the details of Mister T, I, I looked through that a little bit just to what get are an the idea. Details of well, Mr. He, T? The, the reason. Tell us about Mister T. Mister T is a very a large, strong man. man yeah, um, but <laughs> also big boy. And the reason he started wearing the chains is that he was a bouncer, and anytime anybody left a piece of jewelry or something got lost, he would merely just take it and add it to the set that was around his neck. <laughs> he was he was essentially the lost and found for the club. That's amazing. So it just kept growing and growing and growing, and then he just got the persona of the dude that wear, wore all the jewelry. Huh. So I like the idea that you go back to the club and you're like, oh, I left my like, you know, my, my like necklace here or something. Would you ask Mr. T back yeah, for your like, necklace? Yeah, you would talk to that guy and he's just like, just posing. Which one? Oh boy, uh, uh, the, it. the smallest one, I'm sure. And then he gives you like, he gives you his weird like rubber arm punch and you go flying through a window. <laughs> <laughs> the world's most I, breakable window. People would pay money for that. Tell me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's an experience we can market. Yeah. Get punched by Mr. T. I, Mr. I, T gives you a necklace and then punches you through a sugar glass window. Yeah, no, no, it'd be like that. Actually, you God, could, I want to do that now. You could actually do that. Like, you, you, they have like a mattress outside of the window. It's like a sugar glass window, and Mr. T throws you through it. God, how much? Okay, no, that would probably be like wind up being like super creepy for Mr. T. Could you imagine people just like, it, yeah, be like, oh, dude, like you're. Oh God, no, I'm creeping myself out just thinking about it. <laughs> But it seems like that's something that you could pay money and then like they film it for you and they film the action shot of like throw it and then you could see yourself in slow motion getting thrown through the window. God, that would be beautiful. It would be my like, it would be it, it, everywhere. That would be my social media image. Mr. T throwing me through a window. I think that's something you could market towards like weddings and stuff. Yes. <laughs> Write that down for later. All right. Just Josh, of a photo booth, you soon. would have a sugar plane. Yes. Class. Window Josh, booth. can we defenestrate you at your wedding? Yeah, uh, uh, sure. Why not? Uh, delete the last couple of minutes of this episode. We need to keep this to ourselves. Uh, good. I wasn't paying attention to whatever plans you had. I was looking at notes about the A-team. Uh, let's see. Uh, in his autobiography, Hulk Hogan wrote that the uh, producers actually wanted him on more often because he was actually one of the few peoples that George Pappard and Mr. T got along with. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Remember when Hulk Hogan wasn't a sleazeball? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. He was a good man. Uh, by the way, the crime that the team did not commit uh, was be, was that their commanding officer in Vietnam had ordered them to rob the Bank of Hanoi. The hope was that this would help end the war, bring the war to the end. The mission was successful, but when they returned, uh, they actually found that the, the mission headquarters was burned to the ground. And because of that, all evidence that they actually were on a mission were destroyed. Oh, hence them being, you know, tried for a crime that they did not commit. I, I, also, I mean, technically they did. I mean, they did the crime, but it was a legal crime that. <laughs> I guess that becomes like moral quibbling. I also like that they, in the uh, backtrack just slightly on the Hulk Hogan episode is the reveal that he is also a Vietnam veteran in that one. So Mr. T also, or Mr. T, I mean, we established that one. Hulk Hogan also kind of stealing some valor in this episode, too. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, and they were arguing over who saved who. I saved you. No, you saved me. I saved you. You know, that was their big fight. It's like a proto-Gimli and Legolas moment. (laughs) All right. Mr. T, definitely an elf. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) That sort of, like, glitz and glamour is only elven. Yeah. Yeah, perfect, perfect example. Yeah, no, see? See? Yep. I believe in the tree spirits, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, see. 
I'm very curious. It sounds like across the board, we all enjoyed uh, the A team. Absolutely, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna watch more of this. This will be a show that I put on again in the future. Yeah, this was this was like a funny, incredibly goofy, fun. This is something I would I would recommend people to watch if you if you want if you want to laugh, and if you want like a a, a delicious little like '80s time capsule. '80s, but with some hints of the '70s kind of creeping in there. Yeah, Grant, uh, going back to it, how did you feel? Uh, it was, you know, it was great. I, I, I got a lot more of the jokes than I did when I was a kid, obviously. But, um, uh, and, and of course now, you know, as we mentioned, looking at it from this day and age, the, uh, the costumes, some of the outfits and personas that, uh, George Papard took on and, uh, you know, maybe like these days it would be like, well, you, you shouldn't really make fun of uh, people who have, you know, psychiatric problems, but, uh, for the time, it was great, and I think it's. Uh, I think anybody who watches it now just sees it as, you know, I, I would hope as it's pretty harmless. I mean, you know, I mean, even all the fighting scenes are, are really harmless because nobody bleeds. Like, even if they try and shoot at people, nobody ever actually gets shot. Yeah, yeah their their gun prop work is pretty bad. They're just like they're like waving the guns around too much. <laughs> Especially Murdoch. I don't think he can. I, I don't think he can shoot straight to save his life. I don't think he he wants to. <laughs> Murdoch. Yeah, uh, A-Team is a very good time. You should probably go back and catch a few episodes. Catch the three episodes we just told you about. Yeah, definitely. If you're only going to watch one one A-Team episode, in my opinion, having only seen three, Boy George. Really? I just, like, I was like, uh, okay, maybe if you if you know, if you were a Hulk Hogan fan as a kid, just like go back and watch the Hulk Hogan episode. Like, oh yeah, this is what the 80s were like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think they go. That takes us care of the uh, A team. Grant, thank you so much for coming on, man. Oh, my pleasure, Josh, Eric, Max. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Maybe we can get you on again for the uh, Greatest American Hero. That, believe it or not, I think we can make that happen. Oh, that'd be awesome. Let's do that. Let's uh, let's set up some time in the future for it. We should do like a whole wrestling month. <laughs> we'll have to move the microphones because we can only yell that time. But like, yeah. it'll be great. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead. Um, I want to go ahead and thank uh, all of us lovely people here. Thank you, Mags. Thank thanks, you, Josh. Thanks to ourselves. Thanks, uh, Eric. Thanks. Uh, thanks once again to Grant for for coming on uh, and being a friend with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I want to go ahead and thank all of our Patreon friends. So let me go ahead and try and reach forward on this machine. <laughs> I mean, even Josh's long arms are being like, oh, tested by this challenge. He's doing a like a, a very odd. Like a maneuver here. Oh, there he goes. Okay. I, I got it. I got it taken care of. So thanks very much to our Patreon fans. By the way, you can go over to the Patreon, which is Sat Friends Club, uh, uh, on Patreon, and go ahead and pull up and uh, and go ahead. Just give us a dollar. You know, if you if you like the show, one dollar a month is all that we ask to go ahead and keep us going, uh, get us equipment, um, allow us to go ahead and spread the details. If you go ahead and even at a dollar, you can actually get early episodes. So once they are edited and out, you can get the episodes just like you do on netflix a giant bulk just upload of all the episodes that so you can enjoy them at your leisure binge uh, us <laughs> it's a very it's, it's fun and uh, also for for the people that go five dollars and more there is the uh the discord group that you can be a part of so it's it's a fun fun uh, thing you can hang yep. out and say hello we're hanging out we'll, we will answer any and all questions every including, question. inc including the weird ones 
The weird ones are sometimes the most fun ones. Oh, yeah. All right. And uh, satfriendsclub.com, satfriendsclub on Twitter. We will catch you next week. Next week is going to be Mags's Choice. <gasps> we watched a- another sad animal movie. I-, I think I have a theme accidentally. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. What's, what's our movie there? Oh, yeah. We're watching Babe. All right. So, Babe, for next week. So, catch up. Go watch it. Uh, we will catch you next week for more Saturday Friends Club. Till then, sleep well, everyone.